Hello and welcome to a special two-hour edition of Hello Governor the Podcast with me, your host, Abdullah, and with me as always is Tom. And we got a lot to cover, so, you know, we're going to just, just jump into the topic. And first big news of the week, Sting finally made his appearance on WWE television. Oh, sort of. Sort of, maybe, um, kind of. So, yeah. Not, um, kind of weird. Uh, what happened was, during Raw, they showed a commercial for the WWE uh, video game, WWE 2K15, and the showed Sting, and it was a pretty pretty cool commercial, but I'm not too crazy with the fact that he's a pre-order bonus. I think that's kind of dumb. I think they've done that blatantly on purpose, just so people will buy the video game. Because, well, yeah. Because a lot of the hardcore fans will buy it definitely now, if, if they know you can pre-order the game and you can get Sting. Well, yeah, because they did the shit with Warrior last year, and I remember back when last year they said, oh, Warrior's going to be DLC, and, you know, if you don't pre-order him, you're not going to get him, and then you six months later we got him <laughs> as DLC, so, yeah. you know. it's So I'm, I'm just pa- going to be patient with it, because I don't believe in pre-ordering games for bullshit that's going to be available for, like, six months later. That is true. Very, very true. But I, I liked the commercial. It was really cool, and it was well done, and hey, it's something, I guess. You know, it's better than nothing. Yeah, I think Steam will finally show up at some point. Fingers crossed. And hey, you know, for a 55-year-old man, he still looks good. Oh, yeah, he does, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, in the trailer, he looks pretty cool, and everything we saw him, and um, he's got the very classic Sting look, not the um, TNA look, but yeah, it was... It was good to see Sting again on television. Yeah, yeah, he's got the crow makeup, yeah. the original crow makeup, and it was pretty cool. A pretty cool commercial, and he just, it, it's badass, you know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you got me. <laughs> yeah. Now you just need to turn up on um, WWE Raw and whack Paul Heyman over the head with the baseball bat. And now we move on to Raw recap. So, uh, pretty good Raw this week, I gotta say. Because yeah. last week, uh, last week I was kind of disappointed with Raw, but this week this was a pretty good Raw, and it built up the built up the battleground pretty well. And uh, I like this week's Raw. Pretty good show. Oh, yeah, it was. It was very enjoyable. I enjoyed it, and um, yeah, I just, I just think it's a very good um, little Raw and everything like that. It's just. I think it started off well, which which was quite good with it's just um with the whole thing with Reigns and stuff like that. And teasing it with John Cena. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. With the whole oh there's tension and whatnot, but you know there isn't gonna be tension because yeah. it's WWE. <laughs> and then you had the old forty saying kicking some asses and then Kane and Rollins appear behind them and it it pretty much WWE one oh one book in, but it worked. Yeah, because it it, it set up the feud, which, again, it's... Look, I don't want to be a negative douchebag here, but let's be honest, we know that Cena's going to win, and he's going to face Brock at SummerSlam, so, you know, just, uh... But at least they're trying with something. I mean, because cause here's the thing, like, Battleground is such a fucking throwaway pay-per-view, it's not even, like, funny. No. Like, I, I don't I don't even feel like I even really want to talk about it that much, but, but this Raw really helped build it up, I would say. You know. Yeah, it probably did because um, it feel like it's giving it some substance, you know. Also, how awesome was it that the Miz finally won a match? <laughs> I was—I actually had to rewind my um, my cable box 
just to check that. I went, okay, hang on a minute. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Oh my god, he did it. And I, I, I did it three times. But <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, you've been promoted to punching bag to slightly less punching bag. No, and he beat Seamus, so it wasn't like he beat like a random jobber. He beat Seamus, so, you know. Well, that's what I mean. If they're going to go ahead and do this whole thing with the WWE Championship, which is obviously on John Cena, we need some fresh... Some people haven't been in the title picture for a while, so maybe they build. Maybe it's a possibility they're building up the Miz again to have a match against John Cena, who who whoever will be the champion. I I kind of see that because again the roster is pretty fucking shitty now. I mean, there is no denying it. The roster is is not in a good place right now, and they kind of need. Shape. Yeah, they kind of need. They kind of need to build up some of these guys back. I mean, I, fucking, I think Kofi won like two matches against Cesaro and like two two back to back Raws, and both those matches were pretty fucking amazing. You know, yeah. it, I mean, it was it was very very it, it was a good match. I felt, and they do need to build some of these people back up because um, WWE. I think WWE realized that oh shit, uh, maybe we shouldn't have buried these guys as badly as we did because you know maybe some of our wrestlers that we might be pushing at this point in time might end up getting injured. <laughs> and speaking of getting injured, I, I unfortunately have to report that uh, Santino um, has stated that he has to retire because of neck injury, yeah, which is kind of sad. This is his third neck injury, and apparently, it, like. Stuff late. Basically, he's had a sh- shoulder. He's. I heard that he had something done with his shoulder. This is his third neck thing, and the shoulder. I think the neck was um, one of one. One of the reasons why he got that was because he was in a car accident back 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 about two years ago or so. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, <sighs> and that what I mean. It's like it. It goes to show if you get too bang up, you have to retire early from from this stuff. And I kind of was wondering, like, why he was out of shape, cause, and now I know why, because, you know, his body was in bad shape, and he kind of he kind of couldn't perform well like he could before, you know? Yeah. It so just... it's just, uh, it's, it's just kind of sad, because, I mean, I'm not the biggest Santino fan, but I would say that any, any wrestler getting injured and not being able to continue is just tragic. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter who it is. I think his best highlight, in the company, apart from his debut when he won the Intercontinental Championship, was um, it was the extreme. It was the Elimination Chamber match he had. He was in, and he was like the second. It was like the last person in it. Oh, the crowd went nuts yeah. for for him. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he actually looked like he was going to win it, which was the biggest <laughs> shocker. I think the two biggest pops he got was the 20, 2011 Royal Rumble where he appeared like last and he got the huge pop towards the end yeah. and the and the and the uh, I think it was the 2012 Elimination Chamber match because he he knew like he knew that he they weren't going to put him in another world title match and he just said I'm going to give it my all and he did and he got over you know he, he stole the show that night yeah pretty yeah. pretty good uh that's one of the best matches I think I I think that's probably my favorite elimination chamber match that came out that year I think yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. But uh yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of sad that any any wrestler 
having to retire because of injury just sucks and it just you know I'm but I'm happy that he's still with the company maybe he can be on commentary or something I think they keep him they need to keep him around for WWE Network he does a good job with uh, being an entertainer basically being a presenter talking in front of the camera and stuff like that he's, he's actually quite he's generally quite funny yeah he's a he's a pretty funny guy and you know again it's sad that he has to retire but you know shit happens and uh but but yeah, I think you know going back to Raw, this was a really good Raw because it really built up, it built up uh, Battleground pretty well. And uh, yeah. again, I like I said, I'm not really looking forward to the pay per view. I mean, there are some matches that yeah. are gonna be, are gonna be pretty good. I mean, I, I can tell you right now the the match that I'm really looking forward to on that pay per view is Bray Wyatt versus yeah. Chris Jericho. I think that match is gonna steal the show. Yeah. At, Battlegrounds. Yeah. But one thing I don't get about Rule, um, Dolph Seeker versus Fandango, just out of curiosity, how much longer Fandango just going to be the tool to try to build up Summer Ray and Layla? <laughs> because cause he looks... He has that look on him. Um, you know that look? Um, I'm trying to remember the wrestler that went through a similar sort of thing as he did. Um well, Ziggler. Yes, because uh, <laughs> uh, I remember back during 2011 when he had to be part of that horrible feud between Snooki and uh, Vicky Guerrero yeah. at WrestleMania. He just had that look and... on his face. He's just like downtrodden. Because, <laughs> <laughs> again, like if you watch that WrestleMania match with him and Snooki teaming up with Blake Cool, he looked bored. Yeah. He looked fucking bored. <laughs> yeah, because him and John Morrison didn't even get in the match. It was mostly the they were female just wrestlers. There. Yeah, it was mostly the female wrestlers that were wrestling in that match. To be honest, <laughs> it was just awful. Oh yeah, I forgot Tristratus was in that match. Oh god, it's just like I, you can tell. Like sometimes, like I'll give WWE guys a lot of credit. These guys come in and they, 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 you know, they will like eat crap if they have to, just to get to a position in the company that they that they want to be in. But sometimes they gotta wonder, like, is this fucking worth it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, 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 I know he reminds me of um, Fandango's look. It's probably around that time when Zack Ryder was just get killed, so he'd get buried and buried and buried <laughs> during that whole Kane thing. <laughs> that what sort of reminds me of his look because because this I think it's the first time he has not been a special guest um, guest ref for nearly because the last three weeks he has been. I, I haven't even paying attention to this fucking thing, to be quite honest. Uh, I think they put Dolph Ziggler in it because Dolph's um, basically Fandango needs to do something in this feud, in this whole little feud sort of thing. To be honest, it wasn't even a match. <laughs> to be honest, it was just um, someone laying layer working together, and it just I don't know. It, like it, it doesn't even make sense because I mean, here's here's the part where I think too much about wrestling, but because I'm like. Okay, I get it. She was she was his assistant, and you know he replaced her. But I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, he had a different assistant before Summer. What happened to that girl? Oh no no no, he had plenty of different positions before Summer, right? He went through a ton of them. <laughs> so I'm like, where are the other ladies? You know? <laughs> no no no, that'd be a clever thing to do. Is maybe after battlegrounds if they still want to continue quote unquote few out. Maybe you can get all those ladies out of a formal dancers of Vandango. That could be a funny segment if they plan that, if they can do that, and they plan it well. Because it's just... Because here's the thing, like, Fandango used to be that guy who, like, they were trying to push, but then they realized, oh, 
fuck, he's not getting over, fuck it. <laughs> he's like, even Chris Jericho, they try to put him over in WrestleMania, for God's sake. If you can't, if someone, Chris Jericho, can't put you over at WrestleMania, it isn't going to happen. Which is such a shame, because, like, uh, Fandango's really good in the ring, and, you know, if they had actually let him wrestle with Ziggler, they could have put on a pretty good show, but they didn't. They were just, like, wasting fucking time again. Yeah, again, probably one of the downsides of Raw being a three-hour show now. Sometimes, <laughs> uh... sometimes. Um, so, yeah, um, we had Damien Soundown interrupt a um, Sonic promo, would you say? And he basically came out and did another character. I didn't see this segment. I thought he wasn't even on Raw. Well... He came out and it was something to do with a hot dog and Rose was there. And it was, uh, but then um, Harper and Wyatt jumped the Usos and yeah, it was kind of all over the place. Because I was like focused on the Uso thing. I didn't even know yeah. he was like there. Yeah, to be quite honest. Yeah, Damon Sandown interrupted a promo and he basically then they flew over a hot dog. It was really, really stupid. Yeah, I I wasn't a, I wasn't a fan of like the last week's Raw where they went to Toronto and they had him come out as Bret Hart and had Bret Hart in the ring and I'm kind of like thinking to myself, you could have done this better by having like Bret's music hit and then instead of Bret coming coming out, you could have had Sandow come out and then and then have him, and then and then and then you know have Bret come out yeah. officially you know it's just but having Bret come out and then cut a pretty good promo coming back home and whatnot, and then having him, having Sandow come out just for cheap gags is just not funny. They should have done it the other way around, basically. Sandow came out and insulted it. Bret Hart came out, beat him up, and then he did that promo that he did. Because to be honest, that was a good pro. That was a little good promo that Bret Hart did. He, he still... Oh, oh, that, was, that was the only good thing about that Raw, because last week's Raw was pretty shitty, to be quite honest. You know what they need to do with Damon Sandow? With his, him doing his, all these characters? He needs to come out of Sting. <laughs> I would love that. That's I would brilliant. love that. <laughs> he needs to come out as Sting. <laughs> just watch that crowd lose it. They didn't realize who it is. And just watch them go H-lip at him. That'd be the best way to get heat on him. You know what? That's how you bring in Sting. Yeah, you have yeah. Sandow come out and then just when it looks like it's it's not him, then you have Sting come out. You have Sting basically go black again. You see him in the ring, whack Sando over the head with a baseball bat, disappears, and you don't don't know where he is until next week on Raw. Uh, like I think that would be fucking hilarious if if like Sando came out as Sting and then had the real Sting come out and then hit him. I think that would be yeah fun. And then then you know basically you just have the crowd going man, Sting disappears, and then you don't hear from him again until next week on Raw, and you slowly bring him in that way. Again, <laughs> you listen to this. We just gave you, we just gave you a little storyline that you could bring Sting in. Like again, it's like we come up with these better ideas, and then they, you watch Raw, and then you're like, God damn it, you missed a perfect opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's probably most of the time they miss, they fail. <laughs> but yeah, um, so. So yeah. What happened? What what happened after that? I think. Um, you had but I, I think I think I think like the best segment of the night for me was the Wyatt Jericho segment. That was pretty creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, was quite, yeah. But yeah, they had the 
Yeah, that was good. I'm just trying to figure out what was before that, um, after the Wyatt bit. Because the, they had the Harper and Wyatt jump the Usos in their entrance, then thrown them in the ring and assault them some more. Um, it was very short. Mm. And then they had Michael Cole host a debate between Rusev, Lana, Oh, and God. And that culprit, what the fuck is happening here? I saw that, and I'm kind of still not... I. It, it goes back to my argument of, like, last time we recorded, and then I said, like, I'm not a fan of the idea of having Jack Swagger be a face. I I just cannot get behind that. I, I'm sorry. It's, it's a, just dumb. It doesn't work. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just like you have Seth Colpham screaming his head off at him. You're having Layla screaming her head off. You're having these two big muscle-bound heads are basically giving each other's evils and then punching each other non-stop. Oh my god! It, there's even a bit when there was a promo in Russia before saying this means war, and then Seth mocks her and says he knows way, where he knows who wears the pants, and then. Oh my god, it was slapping the face, and then it was like um, in the lock, and then the Patriot lock. Oh my god, it was all over the place. Because here's my problem with it. It's like it, his character makes no fucking sense. It's like, oh, you know, I'm going to stand up for America now, because you insulted my country, and I'm going to stand up for America. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, you know, this would work in the 80s, but it's not 1984, Vince. It just it doesn't work anymore. I mean, I don't mind seeing these two wrestle. It's just the fact it's you know the gimmicks and the storylines and something. That, and I'm sorry again. It goes back to my argument again. We all know anyone with a fucking computer knows that Rusev isn't Russian. He's Bulgarian. And didn't they advertise him as Bulgarian in NXT as well? Yeah. <laughs> But but then suddenly it's like, oh, he's Russian. No, he isn't. Just, yeah. <laughs> God. I know, I know. Let's move on to something... Let's move on to something which was a bit more odd. Um, Alberto Rio versus Ron Van Damme. Yeah, okay, man. I, I have... I don't... Like, I, I get it. I get it. I get why, why Rob Van Dam is there. He's the veteran guy. He needs to put the guys over. Okay, fine. I get that. But still, we're why still have... doing this. We're still putting Del Rio on television. Why? I, mean, I, 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 I would give him the Intercontinental Championship belt or the US belt or go and repackage him. Just, I, I can't take it anymore. Like, I, I just... He's done. He's done. He, like there is no fucking reason to have him on television. Like none. He's he really. That's this the problem. He's good for the Spanish market. Apart from that, no. He's you know what they like, should have done? done. Like what they should have done was like have him like get injured, quote unquote, and then have him you know go to you know take him off TV for like a couple of weeks, and then have him come back as this new character as a luchador or something, you know? Because he used to like wrestle as a luchador back in Mexico, so I don't know why they didn't just give him that gimmick. Because you know Vince doesn't understand masked wrestlers. If you forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about the whole Sin Cara thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, no, no, this guy's pretty good. Let's not give let's not put him in developmental. Let's just put him on the, the fucking uh main straight track. on yeah. <laughs> just 
botched it. Yeah. <laughs> just... Or, but, but yeah, let's put him on the main show and basically let's give him a mask which he can't barely see out of. Yeah, because you look at his old mask, at least his old mask had fucking eye holes in it. Yeah, he could see where he's going and where he was landing. Unlike this one, um, which most people said they actually wore replica masks of, of, of um, Sin Cara's mask, and they multiple, multiple times say, it's very hard to see out the mask. <laughs> Uh, Fun times. Well done, WWE. I kind of feel sorry for Hunico now. He has to be stuck <laughs> with the gimmick. <laughs> oh, well, it could be worse. So, yeah, that happened, and then we had the Divas. I will say this. Yeah? I, I will say this. I'm liking what they're doing with Paige and AJ. I don't give a shit about anything else, to be quite honest. Yeah. Well, they had this whole thing with Nikki makes her entrance, but Stephanie comes out and says Nikki is is all alone because Brie abandoned her, left her to suffer. Then Stephanie said Nikki shouldn't blame her because it would be easy, so she blamed her sister instead. She said this is supposed to be a tag team match, but it's not, and it's Brie's fault. So it ended up being a handicap match. So Cameron is a heel now. Oh yeah, the break. I I wanted to talk to you about this last week, but you weren't here. Yeah. But I, I I wanted to talk to you and said, "Oh my God, Tom, you were so right about them breaking up." <laughs> Don't you? What did I say? And and, and is it true or what was said last? Well, not last week, but the week before, where I said Franklin and Lamar. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Again, Naomi, out of the two, Naomi was the one is the better wrestler. But Cameron looks like she's going to get the bigger push, unfortunately. Damn. And let's keep in mind, people, she was the first person to get, get kicked off WWE Tough Enough when they brought it back with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold was, was the one who kicked her off Tough Enough. And said that she was, he was one of the worst female wrestlers he's ever seen. And look where she is now. I'll show you how much of a state WWE is. And keep in mind, all those wrestlers that were on that Tough Enough show, she's the only one who got a job out of all of them. And she got eliminated in the first week. <laughs> uh, and this is why Tough Enough is no longer on television. Oh, this is why the fact that WWE can't get their finger out there and actually push the fucking right people. <laughs> uh, it's, it's such a shame because I really do like Naomi I mean out of the both of them I would have to pick Naomi to be the better one yeah but it's just I will say this I'll give WWE some credit at least they're putting this fucking stupid match on the pre-show and not on the main card so that's something I guess thank you um, <laughs> so yeah um... no but but like going back to Brie Bella like yeah. uh, what was it the uh, the segment, the last week's segment, like uh, with with her and and uh, Alicia Fox, that was fucking creepy. Like when they he tried to tie her, like the ref tried to tie Alicia's hand in front of her back, and then she goes ape shit. Yeah. And just Jesus Christ, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I don't know. It's Alicia Fox is trying to be the scary, crazy girl sort of thing. To be fair. WWE's only WWE done this gimmick a few times, and there's only one female wrestler I can say that pulled off the gimmick well. Mickey James. Exactly. 
God damn, I know my shit too well. Yeah. I mean, she's the only female wrestler that managed to pull that fucking gimmick off. And Elisa Fox? Nope. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's going to be a match with one hand tied behind her back. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, uh, so this is like a weird bondage thing now. Because yeah. that's what I'm getting out of this. I don't know why. Because I just, I just had a weird feeling that Vincent Mann was probably having a flashback back, back in the golden days of WWE when he's basically thinking about his feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then someone goes and say, so, um, so, um, Vince, um, uh, Mr. McMahon, um, what do you want to do for this final match? He, and he would go and just play out, have their hands tied up. You sure? Yeah, yeah, it will work for me, they can work for them. But you sure? Just do it, God damn it, you son of a bitch! He's like, okay, okay, okay. He said, um, I don't, I don't even, like, like, I don't even know what the fuck they're trying to do with Nikki. Like, I mean, it's like, she's just on the card. She's not doing anything. It's like, oh, Bree did this, Bree did that. And I'm kind of thinking to myself... You know, at least Bree's taking a vacation and, and at least, you know, tending to her hus- injured husband better than you, I would say. <laughs> I think the one thing that I think if they're going to do the have Nick and her own, they need to involve her into the into the title picture. If they go into this whole thing, she's on her own sort of thing. Not to this whole stupid thing with, like, Stephanie saying, oh, your sister pissed me off. I'm going to be a complete bitch to you because she slapped me when I fired made me look like I embarrassed myself and pissed my pants because of bad lighting and, from and, like especially especially like trying to make us feel sorry for Nikki because Nikki's kind of a bitch to be quite honest oh yeah you know <laughs> I'm sorry out of the two they're both bitches but Nikki's the biggest bitch out of the show oh god I saw a shoot interview with them and yeah Nikki came off as like the the, the Bree or whatever. I can't even. I don't even remember her names anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the one we got to remember. Nikki's the one with the big tits. Bree's the one with the small tits. That's how <laughs> yeah. I. Remember. That's how I remember. Yeah, it. but but like I saw a shoot interview with them, and yeah, Nikki came off as the bigger bitch in that. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. She, again, on Toro Divas, she comes off as a huge bitch on that, so that doesn't surprise me. So, yeah, on to Any, the next hey, match. Um, Saro versus B.E.E. with Kofi Kingston. Good match. Pretty good yeah. match. Short, but good. Yeah. And also, people wondering why Paul Heyman's not with him. I reckon he's going to... Um, Brock Lesnar's going to turn up very, very soon. I think he's not with him because I think he's like working on doing promotional stuff for his DVD. So, yeah. maybe that's it. That's, that's why... That's probably it, and also, again, Brock Lesnar's coming back for SummerSlam, so you know he's probably going to be with Brock Lesnar for being his mouthpiece again. Uh, again, so short, short match, pretty good. You know, I, you know, I'm, I don't mind Cesaro losing because again, he's at least putting on good matches. He's not like, you yeah. know, you can't. Shit. Yeah, this is the thing. You when you're building up people, you can't have them constantly win matches every single week in, week out. You you need you unlike, so and, you know? unla- and unlike Rusev, he's actually putting Biggie <coughs> over. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> if it was Rusev, Rusev's like, no, me Rusev, me got to put over Rusev. <laughs> Just like right back, and look where he got to. <laughs> God. I'm just thinking to myself, did 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 the Rhodes brothers show up at this Raw? Because it's been like two weeks since we saw them last, I think. I so kind of... that I have n- they were on SmackDown. Two okay, weeks. they were on SmackDown. They had a match against again with Ryback again. 
<laughs> the match that's never going to end. <laughs> yeah, the never-ending match. That, no, that, that, that should be the parody of the never-ending story for the WWE. They should do the never-ending match. <laughs> and that, and that, should be, that should be the match. <laughs> oh, God, I can see them. I can see them. Coming soon to DVD and Blu-ray. Rybaxel versus the Rhodes Brothers, the entire three-disc collection. <laughs> and then basically in the final match, basically you just have Stardust in it, because Goldust would probably already be dead. <laughs> have in-depth interviews with the stars. <laughs> yeah. A two-hour documentary about the feud. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also a 30-minute documentary about how they get the makeup on their faces. It's such a shame, because I really do like the Stardust gimmick. I just want to see more of it. Yeah. Again, I give Cody Rhodes credit. He does know how to... If you give him a gimmick, he can fucking roll with it. And he does a good job of him. <laughs> again, the whole I'm Mr. Fabulous, Mr. Perfect gimmick he was given. Um, the crazy psycho bag-wearing mask guy, he did a good job of that. And even the pedo mustache look, he did a good job of that. <laughs> Cody's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Cody's mustache got more hype than Cody does back in the day. Yeah, but uh, anyway, back to whatever match we were on. So. Um, yeah, so after this, Chris Jericho came out and he says he has, he's seen it all in the WWE, but the Bray Wyatt is an, entire, uh, is an anomaly and wants to know why Bray is targeting him. And he says they get go crazy at battleground and blah blah blah. Brian cuts him off, um, and pe- some people with a small minds. Da, 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 so they went back and forth. It was a nice little promo. That, yeah, this was my favorite segment because at least you know you got two great guys on the, on the mic <coughs> cutting great, great, great promos and you know building up the match. And as much as I'm, as much as I love, as much as I want to see these two guys on on battleground, I I know deep down that WWE is gonna like have them re- have a rematch on like the next night on Raw after battleground. I know that because they always do that. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like it was a good, it was a good match. That that was the thing. I really, uh, it, it, not a good match. I think it was a good segment, good promo. It really built up a character. And also, I've got to say, Bray Wyatt has jumped leaps and bounds in his promo work. Oh, yeah. Say, he's <laughs> gotten a lot better. And also, oh, yeah. him standing up with Chris Jericho on the mic, that takes a lot. So, you know, he did a good job. Well, yeah, I mean, once you go, you know, you, you go, you put, they put this guy in a feud with John Cena, and he came out, like, looking great, you know, yeah. so... You know, he's he's learned a lot. So, again, he's not buried. He's working with top guys. Yeah. So, there you go. I think they're still trying to build him up to be that potential to get him in a title match. I think Money in the Bank ladder match was just a test run, you know? A test run. Because, again, cause again, I wasn't too high on him before, but like the Shield, he showed me that he can improve and he can, you know, hold his own in the ring against big guys like Cena and Jericho. So, you know... I'm all for it. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, um, the only female division that you're interested in is AJ. Is AJ? So AJ was on. Yeah, this was. Again, I'm glad that they that they um, you know, are trying to push for this because at least they were those are the only two females that can actually fucking wrestle on your goddamn show. 
Yeah, that's what I mean, because this was the odd thing about it. The whole thing was built up around Paige and AJ being, was it, friendmans or something like that? But something just felt off, you know? Paige was also caring, but it continued to praise AJ. So I don't know what she was being told in the headset, so, you know, it felt kind of off. Because I'm kind of thinking to myself, who's supposed to be the face and who's supposed to be the heel in this? Because it's not very clear. No. Again, this is like the whole fem- female division in um, WWE. It's never fucking clear who's face or who fucking heel. I just, I just hope that they do the right thing and give them at least two or three minutes and have them go at it. I either, either in a match or, I don't know, maybe you can do a promo section with both of them in the ring like going off at each other. Yeah, because I'm again. They're gonna have a match at Battleground, and I'm just, I'm just like, please, 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 give them like three minutes or something. Yeah. Because you know the, these these two ladies are very talented, and I love to see more of them. Because this is like my dream match. Because ever since I saw Paige on NXT, I'm like, she has to feud with uh, AJ because yeah. she's pretty good, fantastic in the ring. So yeah, so moving on the next match is you gotta believe. Oh God! <laughs> Versus the I am Carly. I will tell, chop you and kick you. Well, next I don't care. <laughs> next, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Steph Rollins tells Triple H and Stephanie that even if Kane and Orton can't get along, he will step in. And Triple H says he knows that Plan B is in effect. And then Steph walks away as Paul Heyman walks in, and he says he's going to be making plans. So, and they're scheming away. Ha 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 Oh, gee, I wonder what plan B is. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with Rollins at this point, because I know that they're booking, like, because it's obvious Lesnar's going to win the belt, but I'm kind of wondering what they're going to do with Rollins in the briefcase. I think he's going to get screwed over. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, I... God, I just seen something horrible. What? <laughs> okay. You know in two thousand and three when Paul Heyman was with Brock Lesnar and then he screwed him over? Oh god. The big show. Oh god. <laughs> Almost ten years like I knew over ten years later. <laughs> same thing happens. But this time, it's Seth Rollins. Oh God! He, he wins the belt, and then and then Heyman, Heyman then Heyman hits him, and then he takes him down. He's like, "Gah! I did not see that coming!" Gah! Oh my God! It feels like deja vu. Ah! That's yeah. That's all we're gonna say about that. I. I see WWE weird thought planning process, so you know. It's like, hey, you got the briefcase. What are you going to plan to do with it? Because it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. Trust me. I know. (laughs) So, yeah, um, that happened. And um, then Ric Flair comes out and flirts a bit with Ray Young. I saw that and I'm like, okay, you got me. It, it's it's pointless. It's stupid, but goddamn it, it's Ric Flair, and I can't say. And I, I, I'm sorry. I guess I love Rick. He's just what? fucking hilarious. What you mean? High flying, jet riding, 
Son of a gun! Ooh. A fucking plane crash can't kill this motherfucker. So you know. he's going. He's going. I know this sounds bad, but I think he even he's accepted it. He's going to die in that ring. I can imagine like Vince calling him up and saying, "Rick, we need you on Raw," and then he just cuts himself and he's like, "I'm ready." Woo! <laughs> What, basically, he just turned up backstage and Vince said, no, Rick, we don't need the match. But I'm here, brother. I'm going to wrestle. I'm going to slam myself. I'm going to go on the top turn back and get myself thrown off and land on my head. Ooh. It's a pointless segment, but goddammit, it's Ric Flair. And I just, he makes everything better. I'm sorry. <laughs> and didn't they... Um... And also, John... And Rick Flair said John Cena is going to win and then Roman Reigns come out and... Sh- Shakes hand with Ric Flair and then he leaves. Yeah, that was kind of pointless, but again, it's Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah. it, it's true. It's damn, damn true. Because the reason why John Cena is going to win because time is now. Because <laughs> we need, you know, again, who's going to fucking main event SummerSlam for God's sakes? It ain't going to be fucking Roman Reigns. Well, they already fucking gave it away in the league poster. What the main event? <laughs> yeah, gonna be. Well done, Amazon. Well done. <laughs> so, yeah, main event, John Cena, we're Roman Reigns. First and again, time. just like all WWE main events, it ends with a disqualification and all hell breaking yeah. loose. Wow. Yeah. Just, I did not see that coming, you know? Curiosity, where was, um, oh, what's his name? Because it was meant to be a three-on-three match. Well, did he get himself injured again? Who? Um, the other member of the Shield. Uh, Dean Ambrose, because yeah, he got he, he got attacked he got attacked like at the beginning of the show, and he's like playing off an injury, so that's why uh, he didn't show. Up. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and again, it's it it just goes back to oh, it's gonna be the main event, and you know if if it's a main event with John Cena and somebody, it's gonna it's gonna end up with hell hell breaking loose. Yeah, because that's that's the entire fucking WWE booking for their main events on Raw. It's like, well, we can't come up with an ending. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all hell breaks loose. Well, if it, again, it's like, I think the funniest all hell breaks loose for a Raw show ever seen, it was back in 05, and it was when SmackDown was versus, versus Raw. Storyline was going on, and it had all the wrestlers, and I mean all the wrestlers, fighting around the ring in one big segment. And even, it, it, even both, both of the tables got broken, so that was quite impressive. And yeah, you know they were trying to be serious when they broke the main announce table, not the Spanish announce table. You know, yeah. the shit was going down. <laughs> it's like when the Spanish announce table get broken, it basically means, oh, uh, it's basically tensing up. If the main announce table get broken, you know the shit is on. <laughs> now, there are two indicators of things getting real. Like, if, if like... If the main event, if the main announce table gets broken, you know it's on. Yeah. And if Ric Flair takes off his shirt, you know it's real. <laughs> that is true. And he starts pretend throwing himself down on the ground, running around, wooey, and cut, cutting himself, and basically then, then get on top of the turnbuckle and get thrown off it by another wrestler because he, he never, never managed to do that elbow drop for a long, long time except for that match against Carlito for some weird reason. I'm sorry. Just, I I love Ric Flair. I'm sorry. I just it all goes back to him. Oh, Ric Flair is the man. <laughs> That's the reason why. 
But yeah, a good raw. Um, yeah, good raw. So, well done. Uh, battleground. Battleground. One uh, uh, well, one last thing we want to talk about battleground before we move on to the other topics is. Um, uh, what what do you who do you think is going to win the Intercontinental belts? Because they're doing the whole battle royal thing with it. If they be smart, they keep it. I think keep it away from the Miz. Keep it away from right anyone from Rybacks or the the Rhodes brothers. The stupid thing they can do is let Bo Dallas win it. I kind of figured that's what they were going to do, but I thought to myself, nah, that's too fucking obvious. That might happen. What I think that they there were reports that Sheamus was going to win and they were going to like unify the belts, and I'm all for that, because I, I just think that that fucking US belt is useless and it needs to be unified, because they're if, used to it. Again, probably Sheamus, maybe, I don't know, if you want to get a wrestler put over, Zack Ryder's in, in, in the match, so you know, you can give him the belt. <laughs> Again, I think someone I listened to someone on YouTube talk, and I kind of agree with them when they said, "I don't like this idea of a battle royal. They should have just done this as a tournament on Raw. You know, it could have been much more entertaining for a a tournament for like a King of the Ring style tournament on Raw and SmackDown, and then it leads up to the final match of the pay per view. That would have been much more interesting than a generic battle royal." Yeah. For the belt, which... Yeah. Well, then, I mean, Kofi Kingston needs his annual Royal Rumble, uh, Battle Royal um, stints to, to get out of his system, you know, because you know he's going to do something crazy in this match. Also, uh, speaking of Kofi, yeah. I think that, I think it's about that time they kind of need to put a belt on him and just say, hey, look, he's got another belt. It's cute, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> look, I'm selling toys with my belt. Uh, I, I can imagine he's still in his head. He's like, "Fuck you, Evan Bourne. Fuck you." <laughs> I just kind of and like I listened to a shoot interview with Kofi, and he's like the sweetest guy ever. Like he's just so down to earth, very fun to talk to, yeah. very chill. But even in his mind, he's like, "Fucking Evan Bourne, I'll fucking murder you if I see you again." <laughs> you, you know what's the funniest story I have ever heard, heard about Kofi Kingston? What? Okay, well I think it was the story that CM Punk told. Um, him basically when CM Punk used to drive to stadiums, guess was guess who drive in the car with him? Kofi. Yeah, it was Kofi. So Kofi drove around with him. They're going. They were going some like red past some redneck stakes, so probably Alabama or Texas or somewhere like that. And they got pulled over by the police. So keep this in mind. CM Punk looks like a drug, uh, look like a druggie, and Kofi Kingston, he's black, and they're in Texas. So you know. They're probably going to think he's a drug dealer <laughs> or a gangbanger or something like that. They pulled him over uh, because Kofi, like you said, is like the most sweetest guy ever. He basically got out of the car. Guess what they decided to do? What? Beat his ass. I mean, Jerry Jews was there. Like, beat his ass over that. They see a punk guy out the car. So what he did, he refused to move out the side of the front of the camera the police got car and everything like that. And apparently, they completely dismantled their car because they think they've got drugs in them. <laughs> so and why this is happening? Guess who just had to call him off and ask him where, where they were at? Vince. Yes. <laughs> God damn it, punk! Stop doing this shit. So yeah, this has all been happening, and um, I can imagine Vince to say, "See, I'm punk, you son of a bitch." And speaking of punk, one last thing before we leave wrestling: his contract expires tomorrow. So. 
Good you know, for those who are for those who are interested, look up the profile and see if he's there or not. I don't fucking care, but whatever. I was gonna say good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so that's our wrestling talk. As usual, I will put a little link for the timestamp, and if you want to skip the wrestling stuff, but. Uh, now it's time for the nerd stuff, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about this week. Oh, God, yes, we do. First of all, I want to go back to Doctor Who and say, oh, shit, I didn't know this, but apparently the scripts for the first five episodes of season, Series I, uh, 8 got got uh, got leaked. I read about this. Um, okay, panic what's happened. Okay, this will happen. BBC, I wouldn't be surprised if this is Moffat's idea, because they sound like Moffat would do something like this. Basically, he wanted the episode to be dubbed in Spanish. Instead of BBC in the UK doing it, he decides to, I don't know, someone in BBC, but I can imagine it's Russell T. Davidson's fault on this end. It's always his fucking fault on everything Doctor Who related. Um, decided to send the scripts over to the BBC headquarters in Miami. So basically, they exported their own product, a British product, they couldn't be bothered to, to dub in England to an American company who managed to lose the, 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 the first five episodes, digital copies, and they all got all, all on the fucking internet now. <laughs> anyway, and it, it's getting even better as well. On that same week, uh, like on this, this weekend just went by, um, the, the date being the, the 11th or the 12th, the first episode of Doctor Who leaked online. And I, I saw Stephen Moffin that weekend, and I, he looked more moody than, than I have ever seen him. And that fucking explains it. <laughs> and keep in mind, for anyone who wants to go and find it, um, it's up online all over the place, so it's pretty much easy to find. But all I'm going to say, from what I've been told, I haven't watched it, but what I've been told, it's in black and white. Um... Most of the effects have not been finished yet, and they haven't bothered to put any of the music on yet properly because it's all music from the um, Batman Begins and Dark Knight. as placeholder music. Which, which, like, puts the image in my mind of, like, <laughs> Capaldi showing up for the first time and then have the Batman theme playing in the background. Also, where's the drugs? Where's Falcon? Where are the Daleks? <laughs> Fuckity bye. <laughs> Fuck off, you wankers. <laughs> Peter Capaldi is Batman. That needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, so yeah. Pretty bad news for the BBC. How? Again, it's the BBC, and I can imagine this Russell Day. T, um, I can imagine Stephen Moffat was probably in the meeting when this went on, and I don't know not why he probably just said, "Why can't we just dub it here in the UK?" And none of this shouldn't have happened. And you know what? You immediately pulled it over to fucking America. All the fucking American people spoiled the whole fucking shit out of it. <laughs> and again, it's like, you don't even need to watch the first episode anymore because, again, the scripts have been leaked and you can find them now and everyone has them and it's just... It reminds me of back in that 2009 when that Wolverine movie got leaked because a fucking idiot left it there and he labeled it Wolverine movie. <laughs> so Yeah, on the hard drive and the guy was like... <laughs> Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with the Avengers DVD. It was supposed to like come out like a week or so before, but then like some fucking idiot 
left like the hard copy somewhere and then someone found it and it was labeled Avengers DVD and version. Rip, <laughs> and they rip it and put it up online everywhere. <laughs> Again, you want to know how how people get, get their hands on this shit? Stupid people. <laughs> Again, stupid people doing stupid things. <laughs> It's like, why would you even, like, why would you even want to, again, it's just dubbing, like, you could have just done that in the UK or whatever, you know, you don't have to, like, you know. It's the BBC, they're like the biggest, (laughs) they're the biggest television network in the world, and they can't do it here in England. (laughs) What, 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 you mean the BBC, the same fucking idiots who can't even transfer 2004, 2006 episodes of Doctor Who on Blu-ray properly? (laughs) Oh, don't don't get me started on that. (laughs) That was... Like, I I mean... I, I, I'm I'm sorry. I I gotta go into this, but like you know, the the whole box set they released last year to celebrate, and it's like, oh, it's gonna be awesome. And keep in mind, these shows aired in like 2005, 2006, and there's no excuse. They could have easily done this. It's not like 1960s or whatever. This is like 2005, 2006. You could have easily like remastered, remastered them into high definition. They did a better job with putting the old episodes on Blu-ray than they did with these, this lot. And funny enough, it was all the David Tennant stuff and Chris Rancid stuff. I wonder why that happened. And it was none of the Matt Smith stuff. Hmm. Because the Matt Smith stuff was shot in HD. The David yeah. Tennant and, and, and uh, Christopher Eccleston thing wasn't. And instead, of like, only... and, and instead of like going to an actual fucking studio and, tra- and you know, remastering this shit properly, they said, fuck it, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is what I mean. It's like the only stuff that of the David Tennant stuff that did properly work was the um, three-part arc. That's the only stuff that worked, quote unquote. Because that what was pisses, a shot in the and like, and what pisses me off, it's like they re- recently, like uh, in America, they re-released like some of the David Tennant stuff with new bonus features, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, what's the point? You know, it's like. I get it, you're releasing it again, but it's been on DVD for years now, and it doesn't really need new features, and you're selling it at a high price, so it's like, what? what's the fucking point? Because we got to have money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, again, it just goes to show you that, like, at some point, you know that they were going to fuck up royally, and it's happened. Like, they... It, it's just dubbing. Like, they could have just easily dubbed it in the UK, but no, we gotta send this shit out for them, and it's just like... Oh, God. Shit happens. <laughs> it's like, we're gonna send you these scripts, and instead of, like, putting them on a flash drive or an external hard drive that can keep it under lock and key... No, email. just put it on the computer. <laughs> no, seriously, it was, all, it was all sent by email. And as we all know, email is pretty easy to hack. So yeah. you know. <laughs> and also, email has been infamously known for. I know the biggest way how viruses for computers has ever spread. <laughs> oh my god, fucking idiots! I BBC royally fucked up on this. And Stephen Moffat, Stephen Moffat, I can understand why he was a moody bastard this weekend. <laughs> like... More than usual. He's like, well, fuck. <laughs> and what, what just, and what pisses me off, and that, like, what what pisses me off is like they're gonna like keep him on when any where and when like any other sane company would have just fired his ass on the spot. 
Because this shit is just unaccept- and unacceptable, to be quite honest. Well, this again, it's like, because we can't upset the people who suck in Stephen Moffat's um, cock now, can we? Because you, you, you know, like, okay. he's the only guy that can write for Doctor Who. Like, here's the thing, I... <laughs> This is my problem with the Doctor Who fandom. They're very split. Like you, some people like the Russell T Davis stuff, and some people like the Moffat stuff. There's no in between. Like no. there is no fucking in between, and it's just depressing. Because I'm thinking to myself, okay, like I like the Russell T Davis stuff, and I'll admit not all of it's good. Because if it, all of it was good, then you know everyone would like it. But you admit there are some some episodes of the Russell T Davis stuff that I don't like. But you know. I prefer it over Moffat because Moffat's a fucking idiot who constantly keeps, you know, changing shit that doesn't need to be changed. Oh, he's the biggest retconner ever. (laughs) The biggest retconner ever. Full stop. Like, yeah, I mean, I like the Day of the Doctor, and I kind of wish that I had reviewed the actual plot of the episode, because then... I would have said this episode was garbage because it retconned the entire fucking Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant runs. All of it. Like, all of it's pointless now. Like, nothing matters anymore. Like, it's... It's like the Highlander movies where they kind of retconned everything and then it's like, well, fuck it, nothing matters anymore. None of those old movies matter, so what's the point? Yeah. It's the reason why we can't have nice things. (laughs) Uh, and I wish that and I wish that the news would get better, but sadly not. Moving on to comics. <laughs> oh, oh God! Oh sweet God! <laughs> so, um, Marvel's introducing transsexual cross. Okay, Force of Us is going to be a fucking chick. <laughs> Oh, God, where do I even begin with how stupid this is? I'll let you begin. <laughs> I, I... Because I'm still trying to process this, because this is... New, uh, uh, like, I, I, sw- I swear to God, this, like, fucking, the bad girl thing broke me, but this just was, like, fucking the icing on the cake for me, because I, I, like, what is there to say? Like, well, it's it's female Thor, What what is there to say? Like, um, it, it... Fan service? Uh, not even, not even that. Fiction? Like it's it's basically taking all the stuff that Jack Kirby and Stanley worked on and just shitting on it. Like it's like doesn't fucking matter anymore. And I get that that's what all comics are because again, you know, creator owned versus you know, uh, property owned. But at the same time, have some fucking respect for your property, Marvel. Like I- I'm sorry, this is just garbage. Like, yeah. You give me, you you you. Okay, spoilers for anyone who gives a shit. But uh, a while ago, I think it was last week, it was revealed that Thor had a sister and it was Angela. And for those who were wondering, Angela wasn't uh, was originally a Spawn character from the '90s who somehow they got into the Neil Gaiman and Seth, Seth uh, no, not Seth, uh, Todd McFarlane got into an argument about the rights to her, and then into her rights kind of got, I don't know the whole story about it, but her, her, or her, like, Marvel got their hands on the rights to the character, and they introduced her into the, into the main Marvel universe. And I was okay with this, I'm like, okay, why, fine, whatever, but, then they go and say she's Thor's sister, and I have a huge problem with this. 
because up until this point, she was never mentioned, never given a hint of, and it's just like, oh, you all, you always had a sister Thor. We just didn't fucking tell you. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just, I hate this type of writing because it treats the audience like fucking idiots, and they're like, oh, you know, retcon, and it's not even a clever retcon. It's not like a giant reboot of the entire universe, and I can say, okay, yeah, reboot, fine, whatever. Yeah. No, this is like legit continuity. Yeah. Well, this is what I mean. It's like this is one of the most shocking and most I don't know, I don't know one of the most ex, I don't know excite I I wouldn't call it exciting changes in the Marvel history the new female form, but it's it's definitely one of the most shocking pieces of news. And you know you know who it is, right? It's gonna be Angela. It's fucking gonna be Angela. It's right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say about it because this basically this is not like she fall, but this is basically this is not lady fall. This is generally four fall, like this is four in the Marvel universe of the Marvel universe. And it's kind of dumb because Thor is not a title; it's a name, yeah. you know. <laughs> and also, again, they done this with Loki, but again, it made more sense with Loki because didn't in the original North mythology he turned himself into a woman as as a bet. They're basically good. So it's like someone bet against him. You, I bet you can't give birth to yourself. Which he did. He turned himself into a female and gave birth to himself. And then he died and then came back as a fucking scrawny-ass little teenager. Which is... Ugh. Fucking... I don't yeah. even know what they're doing. Like, I... I get it. Thor's not a... Thor doesn't sell in comics, okay? And I... Fuck anyone who tells me Thor's popular in comics. He doesn't sell. No. You know what I mean? This is the reason why you see Thor in a lot of team movies where he turns up as the guy and say, oh my god, it's Thor, he can help us. Just, uh, and it's kind of dumb, it's like, if you, want to ta- if you wanted to do a female Thor, why not have Sif or uh, Valkyrie take over the, the title? You know? There Made more Thor. sense. <laughs> and also, there's a bit more interesting characters. Like you, you already have female Norse characters. It's not like it's not like you're you're like that desperate for stuff. And it just, it's Angela. It's fucking Angela. Yeah. It's it's like you no, know, it's it couldn't be. It's like first he got like what was it? Fucking what's his name? Steve Rogers losing the Captain America serum, and now he's yeah. aging properly, and now it's like he's getting replaced again. Oh God. What by Bucky? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I fucking... I don't care. And then sooner or later, they're going to have, like, Tony Stark die and then replace him with someone else because fuck him. And you can yeah. fuck up the entire big three characters. And then probably Hulk's going to come along and they're basically give some bullshit reason he's a bad guy again. Because <laughs> he's not like doing that with Hulk, Hulk at the most immediate time. Basically, no, he's not a good guy anymore. He's a bad guy in the comics. Because you, you, have, you know, because uh, he, he basically went to a planet when he fought in a gladiator ring, fucked a alien warlord's wife and got her pregnant, and she died. And he got really, really pissed uh, off about it. And it's kind of dumb, because like the, the whole World War Hulk thing, or the fucking thing that they did where he went to space or whatever... They already did that in a What If comic, where in in a in a post-apocalyptic future he became evil and God became an old old Hulk, the Maestro or something like that. It was dumb back then. It was dumb now. Yeah. <laughs> like that's my problem with like comic companies. Like they they 
I, it's a gimmick. It's a fucking gimmick. Like, there's no... Like, there's no saying... Yeah. Like... I give this a gift. I give this whole female fool thing a year. Probably. Yeah. Until the next Thor movie comes out, anyway. <laughs> oh, Christ, don't say that. We're going to put up with this for, like, four or five years, then. <laughs> no, I, I, it, Thor will be... No, Thor's going to be back when Avengers 2 comes out next year. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. Uh, I'm going to say... I would say no, because you know the lineup. they pretty much... Um, it, again, I know we sort of jump in topics here, but I went to... Um, London Film and Comic Con and I interviewed Stan Lee in a group press sort of thing. He's pretty much gave away the whole entire second phase. <laughs> oh God, really? Yeah, he yeah he. I'm um, going off topic here, but basically he said Captain America, Black Panther, Ant Man, and I'm trying to remember what the fourth one he said. God damn it, Doctor Strange. We get in one sequel IP and three new IPs in a phase. Just let that. So it's just gonna. So it's just gonna be like Captain America then. Yeah, Captain America three. Huh. And that's gonna be the that's gonna be the second film in in the third phase. All the rest are new wow. IPs. <laughs> Again, Marvel huh. like taking risks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's stuff. I think it's just for a long, long time. I haven't done this in a while, but I think it actually made you speechless. <laughs> it's, it's like they're being run by two different people. Like the movie guys know what they're doing, and the comic guys are just fucking idiots who don't don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, are we done talking about female falling our boobs? <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! And now we move on to the other thing that I'm pissed off about. You know, DC. I love you, but you know, anyone again, anyone who says I'm a DC fanboy, listen here, because I despise the new Batgirl design and look and what it represents. Okay, I, I don't understand this. I think it looks fine. No, <laughs> no, I mean not the not the look, but what it represents. Because like I I've been reading Gail Simone's run, and I like Gail Simone's run because it made me. It made me like Barbara's Batgirl. Mm-hmm. I thought she was pretty badass, pretty kick-ass. Uh, it was dark, but so what? It's a Batman book. But then DC and all their infinite wisdom is like, oh, you know, fucking everyone bitches about us not having powerful female characters designed to cater to them. So, you know, we're going to totally rehaul the book and make it more lighthearted. And, you know, Gail Simone left the book and we're going to get two new people and it's going to be a new look. and. Yeah. I don't it's fucking dumb. Okay, that I did not know about, but I don't mind the I don't mind the new design. It's not the worst, but it like looks I looks more realistic than the whole skin type thing showing off her curves and boobs and arse and everything like that, to be honest. It looks like something someone a female female would wear while fighting crime. But it makes no sense story-wise, because it's like, if it was like a prototype costume, I could see that, but it's like, oh, I'm going to go from badass armor to fucking normal shit now. (laughs) I don't know. Again, I think it looks fine. I have no problem with the costume. But yeah, again, I I, I did not know about the whole writer's change and everything like that. Because that's what pisses me off. It's like, you know, you got a good run, and it was a fantastic run, but it's like, now it's like, oh, you know, we're tired of treating you like adults. 
We're gonna get wacky adventures. <clears throat> fucking. Oh. Oh, we, 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 what you mean? We, we, we're gonna get all Deadpool up in there. Pretty much, <laughs> or something like that. Cause, oh God. Because it's like, oh, she's gonna be hanging out in a nice neighborhood of Gotham, which probably fucking doesn't exist. Because you know, Gotham is a fucking shithole. <laughs> it's always, it always has been. Well, like, I can imagine the video where we like, I don't know, like a poison ivy scarecrow with a toxic gas going off around, basically everyone's like going do lally on their head, and basically all nice and sweet. <laughs> oh, and it just. Like, oh, that fucking cover with her in the fucking photo Ugh, pisses well, me off. Better, yeah, why don't we just have have her have a go to Blood Bloodhaven and see how long she lasts there? Because <laughs> it's no. like she's too happy. Because it makes no sense. Because if like you read the current comic with Gail Simone and Run, she goes through a lot of personal creepy shit. Like her brother's a serial killer. Her father hunts her down at one point. She becomes a vigilante criminal. You know, Batman pretty much, you know, there's tension between her and Batman. And now it's like, fuck that shit, let's go into lighthearted crap. (laughs) Just, like, I'm, again, like, Gail Simone's a fantastic writer. She did great with the book. She made me like Barbara's Batgirl. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, why go to this direction now? Like, it, it's dumb. It, It really is. Yeah. Like, if you're going to redesign a, a character, fine. You know, I don't care. But, you know, don't give us this bullshit of having a book be dark and edgy and then, like, halfway through, have it become, like, lighthearted and, and whatnot. Because it just doesn't work. I know. I know. Like, it, it just... <sighs> yeah, but... Fucking hell. <laughs> like, it, it broke me. I'm kind of like... What oh. the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? You're like, no, 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 no. It's like, I wouldn't have minded this if it was like early bad girl. It's like, yeah. And and and, and someone brought up a good point. It's like, oh, you want to, you know, you want to make like a fun, lighthearted book. Why don't you do it with Teen Titans? That's you know? Well, <laughs> What well, what 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 you mean like force them all down and um, getting a getting an Olympic Coliseum type of thing when they fight to the death um, like battle royale? <laughs> no, like what? Oh God, Avengers Academy, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that that was the first story when they brought them back. <laughs> it was like, hey, let's eat, like battle royale. Let's do it with superheroes and have everyone kill each other. <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> It's like I I wouldn't have minded if this this was like early bad girl I could have understood, but it's like she's like 21 or 22 at this point. It's kind of like, why? (laughs) You know, she goes through all this shit. And and, and I love the description where she's like she they say she has had enough of this horrible lifestyle and she just quits and says, I want to be more lighthearted and I want to have fun while I'm punching bad guys in the face. You know what this will remind me of? That's stupid. You know what this sort of remind me, remind me of? What? You know that song? Because I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Oh, God. Again, watch this book get cancelled in a year or two. <laughs> because of low sales. <laughs> True. Very. Because everyone, everyone now is like, oh, I love the new look. It's going to be great. But then when the book comes out, no one supports it. And it's going to get cancelled. <laughs> Guarantee you. Oh, well, it happens. 
Oh, well. But on the plus side... Oh, God. And this makes me happy. Yeah. Guess who's coming back? Um... Moon Knight? Nope. <laughs> um, I give up. Deathstroke's coming back. Getting oh. his own series again. Oh, God. Yes! <laughs> I've seen him do re- redesign. Why does he look like a reject from the 90s? Well, because fuck <laughs> Rob Liefeld, that's why. <laughs> no, Susie, Rob Liefeld doing the artwork. No, no, it looks amazing. It is, is uh... It's done by Tony S. Daniel, and it looks much better because Tony S. Daniel can actually fucking draw people like that retard Liefeld. Because I'm sorry, you know that that that, that Liefeld thing pissed me off, and I and it killed Deathstroke, and I'm like, oh, they're never gonna do another Deathstroke book, but <coughs> well, back now, and I'm kind of happy. So they got a competent team. Yeah, and it, and again, Tony S. Daniel came out and said, I want to do Deathstroke because I think he's a pretty cool character. So, there you go. Yeah. People <laughs> working on a character who has been getting a lot more popularity ever since Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> he looks badass, too, because I'm like, yes, finally. We can all ignore that little Rob Liefeld shit and pretend it never happened. Now, thank uh, you. <laughs> and now we can have it in the new run with him taking off his T-shirt just like an Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, are you? Mark my words. <laughs> And he's like 50 years old or something, and yeah. he's like, I'm sexy and shit. Yeah, he just have man hair scars everywhere. He's like, hey, Ollie, I fucked your mom. <laughs> Not cool! And then Green Arrow comes along and be like, well, what are you done with it? I fucked your mom as well. Wait, what? Yeah, I'm, I, I, yeah, we might actually need to get a DNA test. I could possibly be your father. Wait, what? <laughs> I love Arrow, but it's a dumb fucking show when you really think about it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people keep saying to me, no, watch, uh, watch, get through the first season, watch the second season, and everything like that. We're like, okay, we tried to do something. I don't know. <laughs> it's good, it gets better, but it's, you know, it is what it is, the superhero show, so, you know, at least it's better than Smallville, I'll give it that. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, so again, it's like, because I'm kind of mixed, because like, I, when I heard the Deathstroke news, I was like, yep, you're doing something right, DC, and then fucking Batgirl came along, and I'm kind of like, ugh. <laughs> when has ever DC ever done anything right? Because it's like, they, they do, they take one step forward, and then two steps back. <laughs> so Batgirl, like, boo, Deathstroke, yay. And it's like both of them are coming in out in October. And I'm kind of like, well, you know, why are you even showing me this when you know I'm gonna buy Deathstroke over Batgirl? That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's that's pretty much like all the comic stuff. And I'm glad I got this out because it's just been bothering me all week. And yeah. He needs, That's how I feel about it. Yeah, lady and gentlemen, he needs to vent. If he doesn't vent, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how was your yeah, weekend time, at the... Uh, at the uh... Okay, for anyone who don't know, I went to London Film Comic Con, which the PR staff constantly ran into our heads because 
if you were very impressed at the event, like I was, they constantly keep saying, you, you need to say on film and camera and it, on any websites, all merchandising or whatever the fuck you're going to put this shit on, you need to say either London Film Comic Con or you have to say L-F-A-C-C. Don't ask me why, just because we just had to. And yeah, it was pretty good. It's basically, I went on the Friday and the Saturday and got in for free. And I met some interesting people. Who did you meet? Okay, I met Gail Simone. <laughs> got off with. <laughs> and... <laughs> Small world, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. she, she was there with her husband and everything like that. We had a little conversation with her. Yeah, she, she's pretty happy with herself. <laughs> then, then, then it's announced she's leaving the book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she looks so happy, and then, then, then the news comes out that she's leaving the book, and I'm like, oh, okay, then. <laughs> that was a bit awkward. But, but here's the thing. Like, I want to just go back to this. She's not leaving DC. She's already said she's doing another book, but you know, she's not going to say what it is. But she's going to be working on something else. But she's not leaving DC. So calm down. Yeah. Calm down. Like you. <laughs> yeah, I can, remember, I can just imagine you basically like, no, they're fucking son of a bitch, and then you realize they still, oh, she's still gonna be there. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. So <laughs> no, again, it's like she's gonna be there, and I'm kind of yeah. thinking to myself, well, you know, I'm not gonna read something that's not, you know, written by a different okay. art, you know, yeah, but whatever. Um, I also met Dan Albit, the guy, the writer of Guardians of the Galaxy. He was pretty cool to talk to. Well, which run did he write? I think he actually helped write the film. And oh. He's helped write the film, and he's also... I think he's the current writer, off the top of my head. No, it's Bendis, because Bendis is doing... I think he was Gar- the guy before the... Bendis. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, he was, yeah, he was pretty good. He was, he was nice to chat to and everything like that. And apparently he told us he's been on set of the Garden of the Galaxy stuff and he said it's been pretty faithful to... Well, apparently according to him, it's been faithful to the source material. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if he's just been saying that it just on camera, but, you know... Yeah, it was pretty cool to talk to him and everything. And yeah, it was, it was well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad James Gunn's not going to be the only writer on the film because it's like you kind of need that other person to tell him this is a bad idea. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. He also um, worked on the Warhammer stuff as well in 2008. Oh, he worked on Warhammer. That's interesting. That would mean he works on a lot of science fiction, sort of outer space stuff. And everything. he worked on Warhammer. He worked on 2008. And also he worked for Marvel UK, so the Marvel UK imprints. So knowing him, he probably worked on like a bunch of adaptations of TV shows and um, films <laughs> of comic book forms. Because that's yeah. pretty much what Marvel UK was doing. <laughs> that studio was made for. Um, yeah, and also I met, um, you might recognize the guy's name, a um, guy called Lee, Lee Sullivan. Lee Sullivan. You're mm. going to kick yourself a little bit. He's um, a comic book um, um, illustrator slash um, drawer. He worked on stuff like Doctor Who, Robocop, Transformers. And I mean, when he works on Transformers, I mean like the stuff like back when it was with Marvel. Oh, the original Marvel UK, right? Yes. Oh, gee, that's, that's, uh, 
That's taking me back. <laughs> so him, he's basically done that. That, 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 that. I was talking to him about it. That was his first ever job. Did he do the G two run with Simon yeah, Furman, yeah. or was it like? Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh, so he did. He so he was responsible for that cover with Optimus Prime with all the bullets in his head and, and him holding in a holding a gun, saying, "This isn't your daddy's Transformers." Yeah. He's also worked on 2008 and he worked on um, what was it uh, Thundercat comic, Robocop comics, um, Thunderbirds of all sorts, and Doctor Who. So pretty much. A lot of UK properties. Yeah, uh, but he was a very nice guy. He really talk. He was really nice to talk to, and he he he's he done a lot within the, in the industry. So it's like good to talk to him, and also really good insight talking to him about adaptations of um like Transformers. We talked about Transformers. We talked about Judge Dredd and the Dread film and everything like that. And um, he he seemed quite well connected with with all the projects and stuff like that, the film adaptation stuff. So you know. Because, again, like, a lot of people, again, give fucking the live-action Transformers movies a lot of shit for the characterization of Optimus Prime. But if you read the G2 comics that, you know, that came out during the time, he was kind of not a nice guy, to be yeah. quite honest. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing was is that it was it, – basically, he was defending the Transformers films. Um, them, them basically saying um, – he basically said, let's be honest. Transformers, giant robot blowing shit up. What was the films about? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't argue with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, that was pretty much what he said. I thought to myself, that's a good argument. <laughs> that's a very, very good argument. I cannot, I cannot argue like with that. A, and again, like, I saw the fourth one. I liked it, you know, because I got giant robots being the fuck out of each other. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I don't need anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what his argument. I was just laughing ass off at it. Um, yeah, what I mean, also he worked on Judge Dredd and everything like that. So he had a lot of insight talking about Judge Dredd in the film and stuff like that, and the Stallone film we talked about as well, and the um, more recent one, and Thunderbirds as well. Thunderbirds. We're talking about Thunderbirds was really interesting because he's actually quite good friends with um, the original creator of Thunderbirds and the family to it because they're planning to bring Thunderbirds back in a CGI show. So. Yeah, so yeah, um, it was it was good. It was good to say it was pretty good. Good talking to him and everything like that. So, um, guess who I managed to get an interview with? Stan Lee. Um, yeah, that was the biggest one I got. Um, in a group press conference and everything like that. I got to say that was pretty amazing. That was like, okay, I'm here sitting here with a bunch of other press people. I'm waiting for Stan Lee to turn up, and because Stan Lee was running a bit late. They decided to bring out some other guests. Okay, first of all, they brought out um, that bald-headed guy um, from 24. Uh, I don't watch 24, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his name. It's really, really kicking me because he was also in Star Trek as well. I can't remember his name. It's really, really bugging me now. Oh, there we go. Glenn Morrison? He was also in Transformers in Star Trek. Grant Morrison or Glenn Morrison? Glenn Morrison. I think that's huh. about it. But yeah, he was, he was good, good really talk to, to talk to. He came out and he was with someone from, um, oh God, was it Prison Break and everything like that. It was really cool to speak to him. And yeah. then, then after that, um, Stanley still didn't came out because he was 
they're still getting ready. So they brought out the main lead actor from Heroes. <laughs> you, oh, you know joy. The one who absorbs all the powers, that guy. Spark. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go with that. Because uh, the same actor, that's where I know him from. I don't, I never watched Heroes, but whatever. And also they had this guy who worked on... Um, I can't remember his name. I feel really bad about it now, but he worked on Superman 2. Richard Downer? Yeah, that's it. Oh, wow, the original director. Christ. I think, <laughs> I think it was him. I can't remember. But yeah, um, I cannot remember who it was, but someone who worked on the Transformers, um, worked on the um, first two Superman films, and um, it was pretty interesting because it basically was just talking about the whole political side of it and everything like that, like um, the whole screw-up with, with the studio and the um, directions. It was really interesting to listen to him about. So, yeah, Sam Lee finally came out. He got applause and everything like that. And, my God, the man sang like a canary. <laughs> he, Told you he talks a lot. <laughs> he pretty much gave away the whole time of third phase and what the films are in the third phase. He's pretty much confirmed there is a Black uh, there's a Black Panther film that's going to be coming out. There's a Doctor Strange film coming out. There's definitely Ant-Man still in, still coming out. He just shot his cameo for um, Age of Ultron. And also he's done his cameo for Guardian of the Galaxy. Which he's not allowed to speak, which he said, I'm not allowed to speak about. But I do want to tell you guys, but I'm not allowed to speak about it. <laughs> and and also and guess what he decided to do with DC he's pretty much said this DC can make so much more money with Batman and Superman if they announce I have a cameo in their film <laughs> oh wow burn <laughs> bloody burn <laughs> I don't think like that and he was being genuine about it. He's like, yeah, I want, I want my cameo in that film. <laughs> yeah, because he, he was saying like that, uh, I think, uh, a couple months ago, and, and everyone's like, yeah, whatever, Stan. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, it's Stan Lee, you know? It's just like, he's 91 years old. Let him have a fucking cameo in that film. <laughs> uh, it, it's true. If you say you've got a cameo in the film, the film might make more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> you know... Because let's let's be honest, it's like we know it's going to make money already, but you know it's just going to bomb. It's like I can imagine everyone say, "Yeah, that film sucked," but you know one thing was good about it. Well, Stanley was in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Guess that was everyone's reaction to Thor two then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or the Dark World. But yeah, it was very cool to speak to and everything like that. He he, he talked about um, some of his favorite works and stuff like that, and um, he talked about one of his. One he really enjoyed when he had to write the Submariner face off against Daredevil and stuff like that. He pretty much said that his favorite creation was Spider Man and stuff like that. And it's just like, and also someone asked him the question, "Oh, um, do you want all these characters to um, which characters you done and you've seen in Marvel that want to be done?" And he pretty much said he wants to see every single character be done, either be made a film or TV show and stuff like that. <laughs> Of course he does. It's Stan Lee. 
Like again, the dude will make cameos in characters he didn't even create, like the Guardians of the Galaxy. I know, but it's Stan Lee. <laughs> God, I even remember like back in the like early two thousands when like even before the comic starts, you would re- the title would always open up with Stan Lee presents Spider Man, whatever. Yeah. And the thing, <laughs> and the other thing with Stan Lee as well, it's like he basically he was talking about the first question that was answered was a very good question. Um, someone asked him, he said, "How do you feel about handing over all your characters that you created to new writers and new um, new write- writers and artists and stuff like that when you became a um, publisher?" And he said, he actually said this, he hated, he hated being a publisher. He, he said he did not like it, but he said he had faith and hope in everyone who was taking over after him. And if I may, he said, he said we had some of the best team and staff in the world and stuff like that. And I had all faith in them and stuff like that. The one thing I was good about, they were good about with me, was that they sent me all around the world to places like the UK and stuff like that. It, so in retrospect, I was more of a glorified press agent than I was a publisher, instead sitting, like, sitting in an office wondering if we're making money or not. Yeah, because I remember that was in a... Like, I remember, like, uh, what was it, Kevin Smith did, like, an interview documentary with him, and he, he, when he even asked him that question, and he said, like, that was the worst time of his life working with Marvel at the time. Yeah. Because he didn't enjoy that. No. That would mean, he, he said he enjoyed it when they sent him to places around the world to talk to fans about about, about the comics and stuff like that and to promote them. That's how he said that the only part of the job that he enjoyed. And this was, like, what, the 80s or something? Like, 80s, early 90s. Oh, yeah, during the decline. <laughs> yeah, he left during the early 90s. That explains a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, those who don't know, Marvel almost went bankrupt in the 90s. Yep. So keep that in mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, um, it, yeah, it was really good interviewing him. But um, guess who I managed to interview, apart from him? Bolton oh. Skull. Yeah, I saw that. They were hilarious together, Jason and Paul. <laughs> they were so funny. I'm so I, jealous because, because again, those guys are fucking hilarious. I, I was just speaking to them, and I got an interview with them, and we were talking about the Power Ranger movie, and this is pretty much how they summed it up. They said, "We watched the film. We say, you know, we watched the film back then, and you know when people today basically said the CGI effects are horrible." When we first saw it, when it first came out, we thought the CGI effects were fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we first saw it. <laughs> and I was with my friend Tom. So he decided to do an interview with them as well on the second day. So when he was doing his interview with them, um, he got something mixed up with them. And it did turn into something quite funny. This is going to make you laugh. So I was, it was me, him, and one of my mates. And basically he was like, oh, which one of them is a university professor? And we were both said, it's Jason, it's Skull. And he went, no, 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 I swear it's Paul who played Bulk. And I, we were like, no. And he's like, <laughs> he, he, he just wouldn't, he just wouldn't listen. <laughs> and we did warn him. We told him and he was like, okay, fine. And he said it. And Paul just went, no, that's him. <laughs> so he pretty much said to Tom, Tom, give me that microphone, you're fired. <laughs> awesome. It, and then there's basically just hijacked, hijacked the rest of the interview. <laughs> oh. 
It was that was funny speaking to them. And also me because I think yeah. Because I think Bulk was the only one who came back for the rest of the seasons. He and... came back for... Most recently came back for Samurai. They brought in a new yeah, character well, for Skull's son. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about that because Samurai's a piece of shit. I've never <laughs> seen it. Um, but Skull, the guy did play Skull, did came back for like the last two episodes of Samurai, from what I've been told and what he said to me. So he did he did return for two episodes for that show's run. And it's really getting it interesting. It's interesting, but um, but yeah, it's um really cool and stuff like that. And um, when we did spoke spoke to the guy who plays Skull, Jason, um, he did say that apparently some uni- some of his universities who do recognize him. <laughs> no word nice. of a lie. They literally say to him, "Oh my god, did you used to be on that kiss cartoon show, Power Rangers?" And he just he, he used, used, used to just laugh about it with him saying, "Yeah." <laughs> um, and also, when we were talking to him, um, guess who was sitting ne- next to um, next to him? Oh, um, the Blue Power Ranger, David Yost. David Yo- David David Yost. Yost, yeah. So we got to chat to him for a bit and everything like that. And he, oh, his 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 story is depressing when you oh, get into yeah. it. Yeah, the whole <laughs> thing. He wouldn't accept that he's gay and stuff like that. He got hassled by the producers and some of the actors on on set and stuff like that. And he went to a Jesus camp and everything like that to try to convert himself to not being gay. And yeah, it's pretty dark. Because <laughs> uh, he was like really pissed off about it. And I think until recently he just came to terms with it and said, look, you know, I'm all for doing conventions and stuff, but don't ask me to ever come back on that show. Yeah. Which is just it, depressing. Yeah. When when he's actually there, he was actually um he actually had a replica of the blue Power Ranger helmet and Morpher, so you know. I think he has come to terms with it in some sort of manner, but not in the sense of the way he was treated on it. Because it was the producers that were just being assholes yeah. towards him, and it's just like because oh, yeah. I don't think I don't think the actors were that horrible to him because if they were, then they wouldn't be you know at conventions taking pictures with the rest of the cast. So and he was yeah. in a panel. He was in a panel with, with the guy who played Bulk and Skull and everything, like that, and even one from Lost Galaxy and and then a writer for Power Rangers as well. So you know, yeah, he's he's seen the cup of turn with it. It's not like the Wild Force cast that hate each other so much they don't even want to do a panel together. <laughs> oh, oh god, that does that. For anyone wondering what Roy means by that, basically, um, when they had a Power Ranger convention, none of the Wild Force Rangers refused to sit with each other, even though they were scheduled to do it. So what <laughs> happened? The the only person for the Wild Force Rangers apparently is the only nice one was the one that played the White Ranger, and she felt they. And because she was good friends with the people from the Time Force cast, they let her join their panel. <laughs> they felt that bad for her. Uh, I've seen that video. That video is quite funny. <laughs> that video is quite funny. Yeah, Power Rangers is just dark when you're really thinking, when you look at the behind-the-scenes stuff. What, some just, of the crap. Well, just look at the original Red Ranger. <laughs> Oh God! I, I remember seeing an interview with him. It's like, no, I'm not. That's not me. Someone who looked like me. And he's like, why would I be into doing gay porn? <laughs> oh, oh God! And he just, and he just and he just comes off like kind of a dick bag. And in those interviews where he's like, oh, I just love because of money. I'm like, yeah, whatever, douche. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. Some of the massive dudes. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I also got to meet um, Lita from WWE Wrestling. So that was quite cool. Got to chat her for a little bit. What did you ask her about? I'll just ask her, basically, it was only a quick word, basically. I just said to her, look, um, congratulations on um, getting into WWE Hall of Fame and stuff like that and everything like that. She went, she went oh, thank you. Um, so thank you and everything like that. And also, I did, because there's a video that was uploaded recently of her meeting AJ as a very young kid. <laughs> so I did ask her about that quickly. I went, it's a, it's a facade that you realise now that little kid that you signed that VHS tape for is now a fee, one of the top female wrestlers in the company. She went, and she went, yeah, it is kind of, kind of a facade. felt like an episode of the Twilight Zone or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was quite, that was quite funny. Also, I got to meet um, Doctor's current consistent, Clara, um, Jenny Coleman. She was quite she was quite nice over there. But yeah, she's tiny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, she's short. <laughs> yeah, she's really short. Because like, even I, like looking looking at some set pics when she's standing next to Capaldi, he looks pretty tall compared to her. <laughs> yeah. I think Capaldi is quite a tall man himself and like I knew I knew she was short, but when I saw her um at the con and stuff like that, I thought, Oh my god, you're probably about five foot nothing. No offense, but but yeah, she she I got to say one thing. She it was only her, John Hurt, and Carrie Fisher, and I think the guy from Breaking Bad got their own private little cubicle booths. If you want to get autographs on, you know what I mean. Oh, John Hurt was there. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, John Hurt. It was um because they had a Doctor Who panel with Stephen Moffat there, so basically it was. Stephen Moffat, um, Jenny Coleman, Paul McGann, John Hurt. Oh, Paul McGann was there? That's cool. Yeah, and I think Colin <laughs> Baker as well. So they had all them on panel talking about Doctor Who and stuff like that and the experiences. And then they showed, they talked about the new show's run and everything like that. And Stephen Moffat tried to keep a brave face um, on basically saying, no, no, the show did not get late. The show did not get late. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Because that uh, that goes to show you, like everyone else is playing it cool. Because again, they're just actors; they don't, you know, write this shit or are responsible for this shit. But like, imagine if you like you're the showrunner and you make this horrible mistake, and you're like, "Fuck me." <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Um, oh yeah, guess. Um, well, it's again, Kevin Smith wasn't there, but his partner in crime was. No, Jason Mewes was there. Yes, Jason Mewes was there. <laughs> And basically, he had a he had a T-shirt that said um, that said it's a it said something along the lines of say it said fucking blood sex. <laughs> oh, Jason. He's oh my god, he is. I haven't seen any recent photo stuff of him when I saw him in person. I thought, wow, you've gotten old. <laughs> and I mean old. Like yeah, again, and he, he may have gotten he, he may have gotten old, but like you listen to him, he says some of the most disgusting shit ever imaginable, and it's like, dude, calm down. <laughs> yeah. He just looked worn out when I saw him. I'm just like, I can imagine. I'm just thinking to myself, how many people came up to you today and just said to you, 
So, how Kevin Smith doing? Because <laughs> usually it's Kevin Smith who does like the podcasts and all his other shit, and Jay, uh, Jason is just there with him in like one show, and that was it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird seeing him alone because usually they would tour together. So yeah. it's kind of weird him just being asked to come alone. Well, I can imagine he probably was just there alone because I think he didn't want to be around Kevin Smith ever. Because you got to keep in mind this around the, the whole period when the Batman versus Superman script got leaked. So you know, <laughs> I can imagine a lot of people asking that as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was one other person there I forgot to mention. She didn't wasn't doing any photo shoot, but she was there signing autograph. That was uh, Mickey James. Oh, that's pretty cool. So I got to meet her. So yeah, it was pretty good. It was a lot of TNA wrestlers there. <laughs> of course. Yeah. There was um, was it James Storm? Um, Brooke was another one. <laughs> Brooke Tessmacher. Oh, she recently, yeah, she recently left TNA and then there's like a commentator and stuff like that. And uh, when I was going around with Tom and everything, like, he saw the wrestlers and stuff like that. He's like, oh, I don't give two shits about them. And I'm like, well, I don't give two shits about the cosplayers, so we're even on that. Oh, yeah, I, I think I think when I when I went to Comic-Con back in 2009, actually, but what was it? Walked past Rob Van Dam. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Where was the other one? Um Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of one of the cosplayers that were there, and like everyone was like, "Oh my god, she's here, she's here!" And I'm like, "Really?" I think it's like Ivan Doom Kitty, whatever the fucking name is. Oh God, I know who that is. Christ. Basically, the cosplayer for most cosplayer famous for having huge boobs and a huge ass, and this one in particular famous for being curvy. <laughs> uh, she was on the fucking what was it show? cosplay show or something. Yeah, she was horrible in that. She, didn't, she wasn't as bad as Yaya Han. Yaya oh, Han no, is Yaya just an yeah. awful human yeah. being. I'm sorry. I've been awful by, human being. I've been told by people who actually met her before saying that she is quite a cool person, so I don't know. But, you know, I think a lot of these cosplayers have this superior complex about them. I don't know, but, yeah, again, I'm going to get a lot of hate, <sighs> but, you know. But that's just my personal opinion. Like uh, I, I think I think I told you this when, like when we were talking when we were not recording. I said I miss the days when cosplay meant more than just like uh, women dressing up in skimpy outfits for the sake of dressing up in skimpy outfits. Yeah, yeah that's true. But yeah, um, like I said, all the people I mentioned, um, most people I mentioned, I got um, my photos taken with them as well. So that was pretty cool. Everything like that. So I was like, yeah, you got my photos. So I was happy. And meeting, like I said, meeting Bulk of Skull and um, the, the Blue Power Rangers and the original Blue Power Ranger. I'm I was over the moon with that, to be honest. And <laughs> also the thing was they could because they use L Court and L Court's divided in two separate places. L Court Two was for the television and film stuff. L Court One was just dedicated to video games and comics and comic writers and artists and so on. That's a pretty go, a cool idea because uh, sometimes I, I kind of hate when going into these conventions and having everything mixed up and can't find what you want. Yeah. But I think it's good to split them up. Yeah, that would mean I we got some dirty looks because the annoying thing was that I did pay for tickets and we did not know. Well, again, I didn't do the press passes this time around because Tom wanted to do them. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. He didn't inform me. Apparently, when we got a press pass, we got him for free. So I I spent money Stupid. on these I spent money on these tickets, 
and we basically got in for free by just flashing our press passes and went in. It's like I knew I had a free ticket left over, so I basically invited my friend Danny, and I went, "Look, I got this ticket. Do you want it? If you, if you pay pay for it, you can have it." And she's like, "Yeah." So she turned up and she paid me today, paid me back today for it, and you know, so on went so on. <laughs> <laughs> Can imagine like all these other people who paid for like the normal tickets who didn't have press passes just like looking at you with envy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Basically, there was a big, long, massive queue, and basically we just walked past all of it and just flashed it and went in, and we're like, "Yeah, boy." So <laughs> we're here, and then then we get stuck in a big, massive queue of people who do not know where the fuck they're going, and possibly pushing their way through, and yeah, being completely utter dishbags per usual. Well, that's that's conventions for you. You know, I'd love to go. I got. I'd love to go to more of them, but I'm not sitting around for like two fucking hours just to wait to get some guy's autograph. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, that would mean I think like meeting John Ross back in the last con that was pretty interesting. But yeah, um, again, good con. Um, it was a very stressful one for me though because it's like trying to find out which photo. It was really badly organized on the behalf of trying to get trying to find out where you need to go to get your photos taken if you had a photo thing lined up with them that was a nightmare mhm yeah it's really horrible yeah i don't like that that thing where it's like you know can we just like take a photo on the floor already like you don't even have to get up you know just yeah there you go <laughs> simple they quick they didn't bother to put barriers up guess what they decided to make the cues out of oh god what masking tape well, that 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 pretty much tells you how little of a fuck they gave. It was really, it was really badly organized and stuff like that. It was just horrible. That it was like just on a whole new level of just horrible discussiveness. Uh, you know, it was wasn't that well organized. But apart from that, it it was an enjoyable con. They had a lot of booths and stuff like that. They sold stuff, video games, comics. Um, toys which i think you'd be really interested in um and just like american candy sort of stuff so i ended up buying my mate a um a tweaky my friend um rachel she has this fascination with tweakies ever since she's seen that film zombie land oh god didn't we all <laughs> <laughs> and um i didn't get on this time unfortunately i didn't not give her a tweaky and every single time I go to conventions, she always says to me, can you get me a Tweaky if you see one? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. And I always forget it. So now I owe uh, two Tweakies now because of it. <laughs> yeah, because cause, like, they, they kind of went out of business. Hostess went out of business like last year. And then um, another company bought them out. And then they came up with the new Twinkie, which is basically the same shit. So, <laughs> so for all the idiots that went off and brought all the Tweakies... Yeah, a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> Not to mention, like, the problem with Twinkies, like, I, don't, I haven't tasted one, but they, they go bad real fast, which is kind of a... Yeah. Ugh. Oh, yeah, I they had the retro video game corner there as well in the first building. And guess what some of the retro classic arcade machines they had? Star Wars. The original Star Wars. And for the first time ever, I played this, and I was like, holy shit, was Tron. The original arcade cabinet of Tron. Oh. <laughs> I played that, and I was like, I've heard of this. I heard this is pretty hard to find. Let me play it. And I did. I was like, oh, my God, it's so amazing. 
<laughs> so and also then I played the usual like Defender, Pac-Man, Space Invaders, um, Outrun was another one, and um, Point Point Blank. And I ended up playing all these old-fashioned arcade machines, and I was like, oh my god, they feel really good. Do they have MK3? Yes. And MK2. Oh, love MK3. That yeah. was the shit back in the day. Yeah. It was really well done, and it had like um, different sectors set up as well. Like, for example... Um, they had different sections. They had a core duty section thing set up, a FIFA lodge, a replay lodge. They got like Dreamcast all the way from Atari set up from PlayStation for PlayStation 4 to Xbox One of video games all lined up and playing different games from all the different generation consoles. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was really done really well. And they were promoting some new online RPG game as well there as well. And then they had a cosplay convention thing, which was very loud and noisy. I don't <laughs> like cosplayers. I, I, I don't like cosplaying. <laughs> but yeah. Like it, it's, it's, it's hit or miss, I think, for me. Because it's like, it's fun when you, when you run into someone who's dressed like a Stormtrooper or Darth Vader. But if you're just running into whatever then ugh, I don't care yeah but yeah this other conventions I've been to this is probably the one I would say I saw the less least cosplayers at well because I think it's small time and not well not funny enough it's actually apparently quite quite a, it's, it's quite a big convention I say that much and this is my first time I ever been to it but it's quite big this probably um, probably next to MCM, this is probably the biggest one I've been to. Oh. But yeah, it was like well, I guess because like Comic Con is next week, so that's why maybe. Yeah. But yeah, um, I enjoyed it. Um, I recommend if you are gonna go to it. Um, because speaking to someone who went to do been been to this a lot, and she and her boyfriend said, "Look, don't judge it just on this." And I said, why is that? And she said, she just said to me, because, um, just because um, the one thing with this convention is that it's only really, really busy this time around because Stan Lee's here. Normally it's not this bad, this manic or this crazy. And I was like, okay, I take your word for it. So I might go again. Oh yeah, I forgot one thing. Guess who else was there? Who? Ivan Ooze. Oh, Freeman! <laughs> oh, dude, he still looks creepy. Fuck off, grasshopper! <laughs> he is brilliant. He, he was he's so. He was, I I got got one word in with him, but apart from that, that's about it. But yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty cool seeing him. <laughs> oh yeah, because he was on the Power Ranger convent. Um, panel as well forgot about that oh i love that dude so much very underrated actor i'm shocked he didn't go off <laughs> to do like uh more stuff after that i mean he was in hot buzz so you know <laughs> he was pretty <laughs> fuck off grasshopper <laughs> so yeah that pretty much was my two-day experience and they had like giant transformers trucks outside yeah i saw those those are pretty cool yeah they're, they're huge Especially off the flight truck. <laughs> and uh, what else? Oh, yeah, they had this whole thing in England at the moment called the Secret Cinema. And they had this whole viral campaign uh, with they're advertising it with, because um, at the moment they're doing Back to the Future. 
secret, secret cinema. And um, what they did, they got this guy who dressed up as the Doc Brown and someone dressed as Marty Fly react, playing as their character, playing, playing as those characters. And guess how they started it off? How? They all. It's most mainly they stay into a script, but improvising with the crowd and get everyone involved. It's like an action life thing. Basically, you've got people within the crowd who are actors, but you don't know who they are, and they get involved as well. And it was very cleverly done because like they had a lot of press people there, and a lot of people were filming them trying to advertise the secret cinema. And um, they started off with the DeLorean getting towed away. <laughs> For parking, parking a double yellow line. <laughs> nice. And everyone's like filming them and stuff like that. And like they actually went up to the cameras and stuff like that and start speaking into them and stuff like that. It was really cool. But but yeah, apart from that, that's pretty much it. That was my experience. The first, my first ever London film and comic con. I might go back again. Maybe I don't know. I might go back again ever get the press passes again to get to go in for free. Cause it seemed like a you know pretty bang for your buck type thing with all the guests and whatnot, and you get to meet Stanley and you know yeah there you go. <laughs> no, I mean I get oh, like I said I got to meet Stanley you know so I saw Stanley twice I got saw him once when I got my photo taken with him and I, I was part of a small private press conference that was filming him giving giving talking about stuff for eighteen minutes and that video is up online so if you want to have a look for that it's up online on my channel on Index Sonic, so you guys can go and watch it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, and with that, we end our other, we end our episode. Again, longer than usual. I apologize, but it's what happens when you miss a week of recording. But, you know, hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you all later. Bye.